With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Support for this podcast comes from the patrons at patreon.com slash FML FPL. What are we talking about here? What are we doing here? <laughs> we're, we're going on a rogue punt of a pod this week. This is what happens. Every, every, no, every fucking week, it's like a city talk, arse cast, united talk, blah, 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 blah. We're going to go absolutely off the boil and talk about some rogue fucking punts. But, but until until then, let's talk about our weeks. How'd you do off wild card? For those who didn't see it on Lambs, I can rattle off my team really quick. I got... DDG and Elliott and Goal, Jones, Toby, Lejeune, Duffy, Dan, Defenders. Talk faster. David. <laughs> Sané, Rich Harlison, Salah, Ruben Loftus-Titt in my midfield. And then Kuhn, Lacazette, and the brother of Andre Ayew up top. Um, came out great. <laughs> I, feel, I feel great with my team. 52 points. Green Hour up 76K. 76k with an asterisk because I was up 176k after Saturday and then half that on Sunday and then less today also. But you know, still good, still happy with yeah. almost all my picks. Um, I mean, it's your own. It's your own fault for not having Nick Pope of God and also yeah. like Sward. I mean, and like I got Kuhn, which was a controversial pick, kind of on my wild card, but I expected him to to not start this week and he didn't so it it kind of like clouds my wild card i think a little bit because i still think he's really good long term but okay so let's like here put I a am. pin in it here okay you, you had a good wild card team's great everything's so everything's fucking amazing the sun let's, is shining let's let's, let's travel let's, three thousand miles to los angeles right now how how is the how are you doing? no okay fuck yourself i want to <laughs> talk about city we're gonna box it and we're gonna do it right now we're not gonna talk about it again okay okay every okay. fucking week it's citytalk.com every question at least half of the questions that we get submitted are about specific city players dude not fucking at least half it's like 99 percent. so we have sane is obviously the best midfield shout Ever since they switched to the fucking four three threes and playing every minute, and he's just been great. David Silva's been a little bit off the boil lately, but he's also nailed and not at ten point one like Kitty B, who's also nailed in the similar position. Be of Aguero, he's eleven and change, and I mean I have I have Jesus, and he's ten and change. So, do you see value there? You're asking me why I think Aguero is a good pick, basically. Sure. I think he's a good pick, and I feel like this week is kind of good evidence to the fact that he's just better than Jesus. The team is better with Kuhn as the lone striker. Four three three seems to be the best system and the favored system since the company injury. They're just rolling, and 
Kuhn is just better. Like, Jesus had a shocker. He didn't even shoot the ball once, as you know, as a Jesus captain of the darkness over there. I just think he played 120 minutes, Kuhn. That's really rare. I'm not worried about Champions League and Premier League. He's been doing that his whole career. Like, he's already done it this season. 90 Champions League, then a hat trick against Watford in the league. Like, I'm not worried about that at all. At, at all. From my perspective, Kuhn is just the main man. And going forward, I expect him to start the majority of the games when fit. And when he's starting, I think there is value there. Yeah, I mean, I think that's spot on. Um Jesus is, he's going to get points, but a tend to change. A very rogue captaincy shout at best. It seems like the value to me is in the midfield. I mean, Sterling came on for a half an hour and he scored and got a bat. Like, that says all you need to know about Sterling at 8-1 or whatever the fuck he is right now. David Silva's played every single game, 90 minutes almost every single game, and he dropped in price and he's 8-5 now, but he's also going to just come in with points. And then Sané, I mean, Sané is the pick of the bunch. Realistically, he's, he's, he provides width on the left left hand side for for Pep on the uh, the city side, and he just looks fantastic every game. So I mean, they switched feels... to four three three. His only blank is at Chelsea. His other matches are sixteen pointer, ten, twelve, twelve. Yeah, what the fuck? Has, yeah, I mean that says everything. Back to back to back goal and assist. Yeah, Sané just feels like by far and away the best Man City asset right now, especially pound for pound with his value. He's under nine million midfielder, so I think he's gotta gotta come into a lot of sides, right? Yeah, I completely agree. He should be most teams' number one transfer target if you don't have him. But it is funny to me that Davi drops in price. I mean, it just it just shows like the volatility of this season and midfielders in general, like. He he's nailed. He's been nailed since game week one. He blanks two games in a row, even though he he had like multiple sitters, which like most cases he probably won't miss all of them all the time. And the games before these last two blanks, he was on fire, you know. So I just don't. I don't know. It's another like short sightedness, casual type move to me to like move off of David in this moment because he blanked <laughs> twice in a row while he's nailed on the best attacking team in the league and been good all season. Yeah, but I, I at the same time, I get it because, I mean, watching him all season, he's missed maybe like six sitters, and he, he just like is not a goal scorer. And it's very frustrating watching him, owning him, and seeing all these chances come to him on guilt that chances on like the fucking penalty spot, and he just can't do it. It's really frustrating. It's like so. a glass half full thing, though, because it's like I see those chances, and I yeah, they're frustrating, but I see them positively. I'm like, okay, if he just in like a Salah Richarlison kind of way, like even though he's a much different player, I'm just like, okay, if he keeps getting three sitters a game and he's creating a million chances and getting assists, like he's just gonna be good all year, you know? Yeah, no, he'll I mean, get the occasional goal and he'll just keep getting assists. That's how I see. Yeah, it. but. I agree with you in objective, like take a step back, but in real time, this has been happening all season. Mm-hmm. And he has one goal right now. He should have five. Five, yeah, four or five. So how, how long do you just look at it and be like, okay, how many sitters is he going to miss? He's missing fucking all of them because he has one, one fucking goal <laughs> and he has all these sitters missed. We keep talking about it. But he, you so, know, he's just, other than. It, like if you just look at assists, he's still been a really good returner. That's that's all I'm saying. Like he has six assists in ten games. Like 
that's good. You know, he's fine. No. He's taking over. He's cheap. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. But I bought him two weeks ago, and he's gotten me five points in two weeks. So, so you're not happy. I don't. No, I mean, I'm I'm not looking at it. I, I had him at fucking game week one. And he got me like a couple times, and then I got rid, and they got all the points. So it's. I don't. I. I think honestly, it's just like Sane is doing everything and far and away and above anything that David Silva is ever going to do. So I don't object to people going laterally swapping from David Silva to Sane. I think you should have probably have both. But if you're going from one to one, like you know, David Silva is going to get his like odd assists, but Sane is going to have like brace potential. Yeah, so there's no better pick for me there. Sane's absolutely the better pick in every possible angle you could take on City's midfield. I just think David is really, really good pick. Is a really, really good pick. There's not many guys I'd have over him, so it's like, I don't know. You can't trade out someone else for Sané, maybe? <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I mean, I think that's the ideal, is yeah. to have both. It's like, Eriksson's not price-dropping. Why is David price-dropping? <laughs> yeah. Alright, so let's move on. That's That's Everything that we're going to talk about City this week. Probably not, but yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Well, because we still have to go to your team. Ugh, I don't want to talk about my we, team. We have to. We got to talk about your team. We got to uh, see what's going I'm, on. I'm sad, I'm sad on 43 points. Um, Captain Jesus, as, as described in Lambs, felt really good about Aguero being benched and Jesus playing lone striker, which was spot on. Um, unfortunately, just starting for City as striker doesn't mean that you're going to get points. Got me one. It's a nightmare. Um, I don't know. I have Murata assist, Sterling, Sterling goal, the Salah assist, Miss Penn, Phil Jones, Ward. It's just it's a fucking nightmare. I got 43 points and another red arrow, my seventh red arrow on the, on the year. And I've never been even remotely close to this level of overall rank at this stage in the season. And it feels terrible. I don't know what to do. I'm trying to figure it out. It's it's not a lot successful. Of, yeah, a lot of top managers this year are like still on like the millions ranks. You know, I've just seen amongst like our peers, guys who have been consistently like top ten or top twenty K, like you, are just like haven't like broken through this year. It's been a very crazy season and there's so many people playing the game. It's just wild right now. Yeah, I mean it's it's the the tough thing about it is that I haven't been like really hit happy. You know, I've kind of been playing normal game and I'm trying to figure out, you know, the spots that I want to take and nothing's really come off and I've haven't really had any big captaincy hauls. I just haven't had a lot of things come together. And I mean, 10 game weeks in with three green arrows is astonishing. And normally by now, I mean, every single season I played, by the time I get to like game week 10, I'm, I'm well within just top, top 100K. And I'm like going up and down from like 40K to 80K. Right, and, like you're, in there. and you're happy with your team. Yeah, and like I'm happy with my team and I'm like a captaincy away from breaking in or, you know, a transfer away from, you know, these little things. But I'm so far away right now. And I feel like I'm playing the same way that I always have done, but nothing's coming off, and it's very frustrating. I don't, I'm not sure how to turn it around. Yeah, I feel like you summed it up best. I don't know if it was last pod or two pods ago, but it's just been like the 50-50s with you, and honestly for me too, before I wildcarded, where it's just like, uh, I'm going to maybe go this guy or this guy, and the one we get gets injured or 
gets dropped or just starts hitting a run of cold form and the other guy's just like flying. Like Brady Richarlison, I think was the example you used, but you know, there's been plenty of plenty of those moments. But yeah, we'll talk about your team later, I guess. Um let's do the leagues and then let's get into it. So Shout out to Robert Turnbull, who's, we think, the person who won the October Mug League, but FBL website takes, I don't know, five hours to update the league standings because it's a fucking piece of shit. So we're not sure that he won, but we think that he won. Um, shout out top to the Survivor League, Pocono Drew, killing it, nice lead. And and lastly, shout out the uh, top of the FML FBL Public League. It's Kareem, just back on top where he belongs. Honestly, I, I feel more comfortable when he, he's on top there, so... Good on you, bud. Um, let's dive in, dude. Anywhere you want to kick off? I want to talk about Chelsea, I think. Yeah, um, they've, they've been super erratic. What are you seeing yeah, there? Mix, mixed bag. So fixtures are just like really good. And defenders, very expensive. Conte's still out. Um, Hazard woke up. And, you know, he's always going to do that. But Murata also looked really good. I just think that Chelsea is the kind of thing that is, like, forward-thinking. It's like if we're spending transfers right now, I think it, 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 it you'd be well-placed to get Chelsea players. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Conte also might be back for next week. He might be back for the midweek Champions League game. So, you know, that's definitely something to monitor because once he's back – you just look at their fixtures pretty much through the rest of 2017, <laughs> except for like one or two, and you can just set and forget any of their defenders or even Courtois, even though I, I'd rather have De Gea. Yeah, but there's like point three in that now. Yeah, yeah, because De Gea just keeps rising. Yeah. So what, the, sp- what defender would talk- you go for? Well, before we go there, I just want to talk about Murata for a sec because like, I have him, and he's very frustrating. But... Um, the number one most frustration point, I think, is just like he doesn't play 90. And it's really confounding because he's never really played that many minutes for like a club side. You know, he's on Real and he was in and out of the team and he's fucking young as fuck. But he's only had two games all season where he's finished 90. And Chelsea is the kind of team that. If if they're up and the the opponent is chasing the game and they finally commit more more men in, in the attacking third, that they can hit you on the counter a lot like you know a lot easier. But he's fucking off the pitch all the time, so it's very frustrating with that. And I think at this point, when you look at him at the ten plus region, I don't know if he's a good pick. I mean, I, I feel like I he's in my team for for lack of better options, but. If he's not playing 90 consistently, I don't really understand that he's going to be like a good value for money. And I think he's very suspect. Yeah, I wonder if it has something to do with the injury cuz he he came he was game week 4 5 6, he played 90 88 90. Then he got hurt in the Man City game, missed Crystal Palace, and since then he's played 60 and 78. And remember when he first got hurt, everyone was out he was like supposed to be out 4 to 6 weeks or some shit. I wonder if he's just kind of like they're just nursing him a little bit back before just giving him full 90 again or if that's like a thing with him or if he's just, you know, Chelsea's Lacazette, which is, you know, I have Lacazette. It's, it's equally frustrating for the late goals. I, I don't know with Murata. I mean, I think he looked good for the most part too, but he did fluff his chances a bit. 
It's, uh, I don't know. I think I like him. I think I'd be much happier with him in my team than Lacazette. I think, you know, Lacazette just, I don't know, he just didn't really do anything in a, in a really, really good fixture where we thought Arsenal, or everyone thought Arsenal was going to hand it to him. But I don't know. I didn't watch Chelsea as closely as you did for lack of coverage reasons. So I'm interested. How, how do you feel about him with, like, Home United? You think he's, like, you know, an okay yes. shout to return, or is he just... <laughs> I mean, that's a ridiculous shout. It's two points. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Automatic two points. Anyone playing United, should you should be... Reading yourself for two points. But. Yeah, I just want to see like a little bit. It's weird to say, but I want to see a little bit more from Murata. Like all of those early goals were sick, and I like liked him a lot going into the season. But we were saying it on the pod. We shouted it on the pod. Like all of his goals were fucking weird, and they were like all headers, and all of his assists were headers too. And that shit is very unsustainable. It'd be really nice to see him play well and score a goal at his feet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he had that absolute sitter this weekend yeah. that he just fucked up. That's what I'm it's saying. Just, yeah, it's frustrating. So it's like he started off flying, but it, there were question marks because of the way that he was scoring, and since then he hasn't really done much. So I don't know. It's really really hard to read him and equally yeah. Lacazette, I think. Yeah, but I Hazard's good, though. I mean, what are you going to say? No, I mean, with Hazard, it's just he's going to get points. It's just when are they going to come? You have no idea. But the Chelsea fixtures after the next couple, it gets silly. Yeah, I think Luis is still just the pick of the litter at the back. He's like the most nailed center back. I mean, maybe Aspil because he can also play right back, but he's fucking almost a million cheaper than Aspil. It's just you're starting David Luis, David Luis. No question, like, through game week 21, if you were to bring him in right now, which is yeah. psycho. Yeah, and I think it's still just, like, you want the cheapest guy. Yeah, it's, most, it's most times you want the cheapest guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's Luis. I mean, Aspil's, like, 0.7 more now, and obviously he's going to get baps over Luis, but um, that's a lot of money. So if you could afford it, that's great. But if not, I think Luis, and then putting the 0.7 elsewhere, you could probably figure it out. What do you think about Pedro? I love Pedro. I mean... He's going to be the same kind of concerns that we had with him last season, where he's going to get subbed early. You're not 100% sure he's going to be in the team sheet to start with, but he's not that expensive. So it's similar to like when we're talking about City with like Sterling and shit, where like he's in the same, same vicinity of price, that if you have him and you also have a good bench, you know, with maybe Ruben Loftus-Cheek or, or a couple good, good bench defenders on your fourth, fifth spots... You could stomach it if he doesn't play, but he returns fairly well when he plays. So yeah, I, I'm I, kind I mean, of I, into him. Like no, he's yeah, it's interesting. I think it's again, it's just that he's he's going to start fairly consistently for them. He's going to get subbed off every single game. Every but game. If he scores by the time it's 70, 80 minutes before he gets subbed off, then you're fucking swimming. Yeah, I feel like he's super under the radar. Good pick. He had such a weird injured fucked up start to the season and it seems like he's back in the side now and they have their like settled front three of Hazard Morata and him I just feel like the points are coming with this with this sea of green fixtures approaching I'm into him yeah should be a little under the radar guy um maybe we should go to Arsenal next just because I was mentioning Lacazette and 
I don't know, dude. Everyone who almost everyone who free hitted this week to like Captain Alexis or Captain Lacazette or whatever the fuck, like, oh my god, they so many horror stories on Twitter of just like scoring thirty less points than their team would have scored if they didn't free hit and shit like that. Yeah, I think it's an interesting thing with the free hit chip that we obviously are learning this week for the first time because you know it's the first season of the free hit chip and people used it, but it's the first. It's the only chip that you could really like lose points on. Like when you have the bench boost, the fucking all triple out cap. attack, yeah, triple cap. It's you can't lose points on those. It's just like how how many points are you going to gain? Like you could have a shitty bench boost, but you're still going to gain like fucking at three least points. three points. Yeah, two three yeah. points. Yeah. But with the free hit chip, you know, you're taking your team from Saturday, you're switching it up, and you're making it into something completely different on Sunday. And it can go pear shaped, and we've seen that. You know, with Arsenal, it's everyone's just like, okay, Arsenal are going to fucking five nil against Swansea, and you know, you want Otel, Lacazette, and Alexis, Captain Alexis. But your old team had fucking Captain Salah, who's shat on Alexis. You know, things right. like that. So. It's a tough one. I think that it, you need to look at it like we have been throughout the, the season about using it on Blake game weeks or double game weeks. And if you don't use it in those game weeks, then you're very suspect to losing points. Yeah. I, I, like when we analyzed it in preseason, we both kind of conceded that it was designed for the blank game weeks. Like FPL Towers are always trying to make the game easier for less hardcore players to get into and more accessible and shit and last year the blanks were so extreme there was that week where it was like four teams playing or six teams or i don't even know how many teams playing very very few and no one had any players and i feel like the blank or the free hit chip was just made for that exact week where you could just keep your team but switch it for one week and go back to your old guys um but arsenal yeah dude i mean i i don't know i i really Ozil was one of the guys I tinkered with most when I was tinkering with my wild card last week because, I mean, his performance versus Everton, I was just so enthused. Like, he was just absolutely incredible. Like, back to old Ozil, just everything he did, every touch, every pass, creating a million chances, even had good chances at goal. He came through with another assist, you know, against Swansea, but overall it was a kind of poor performance. But Alexis... Like, I tinkered with him a little bit on my wild card. I just couldn't find a way to get him in. Like, I still feel like he's too expensive. But how do you feel about Alexis? Like, is do you think there's going to be a time soon where we're just going in on Alexis? Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about this for weeks where it's just our, there will be a time when we want to get all of the Arsenal assets in. It's just not right now. I mean, the fixtures upcoming for them are at City, home Spurs, at Burnley, home Huddersfield, home United. I mean, that's one good attacking fixture until December 10th. Yeah. And you can't buy someone who's 11, 12 million for that, you know, in those fixtures. For one captain. Yeah, it's it's just just awful. But I definitely think that there will be a time when Alexis is in all of our teams in the the winter. Why did I get Lacazette again? Yeah. uh, I guess I got him because he's just straight swapped to Kane ASAP. (laughs) My team is just, like, waiting for Kane. That should be my new team name. Fucking A. But it's it's a tough one with Arsenal because 
They've been playing a lot more defensively against the top four, which is credit to Wenger that he's assessing and, and adapting appropriately yep. to what he needs to be doing against the good teams. But from a fantasy standpoint, it makes it a lot tougher because, you know, these have fucking like Ozil and, and Alexis would just be like good shouts against anyone. And now when they have tough fixtures, it's almost the same thing about like Mourinho with United where it's like you know that Lukaku is not going to have chances against a good team. It's just Arsenal are playing very defensively against good sides. So yeah, and the thing, and another major difference with the new system is like they used to just casually roll all all bottom half teams over. Like they were always so good at that. But now you you see them against Swansea. It's like they have three center backs, <laughs> two fullbacks, and Shaka against Swansea bus. You know, it's like do you right. need all that right. shit? Like right. where's fucking Jack? Like where's all the flair, creative guys who are just flicking and titting and they're scoring all the goals for fun. It, it's just not there unless they're playing Everton, I guess. But oh, it's still, dude, I, yeah, he's he's good. I can't wait to get him in uh, in a few weeks' time. But um a few weeks time. Yeah. Operative. Yeah, exactly. But uh someone asked about uh, Wait, do we have an opening question? There were some. I didn't really pick one. Okay. Yeah, let's not do one this week. Um, someone asked, I'm sorry I didn't write down your name, but what do you feel about Arsenal defenders and City defenders, this person was asking about, because they've both kind of just been conceding goals. Like City went from like one of the tightest defenses in the league to conceding two against Stoke and conceding two against West Brom and just like bad mistakes and shit. And Arsenal have also been conceding goals. I don't, I don't know like how... It would have been totally reasonable on wildcard or when I was wildcarding or last week or two weeks ago to get like Otamendi in or even Otamendi and Stones for a differential. And Nacho has been a good pick all year and Cola has been a good pick all year. But I don't know. How do you feel about those two defenses? I mean, I think Arsenal defense is bad. I don't think there's any value there. And I mean, they're all murder sacrifice five is okay. Like that's okay value, but. You know, Mustafi's going to be back soon enough, and they have tough fixtures. So by the time the fixtures turn, then Mustafi's going to be the cheapest red. Like, 5-4. Like, I'm not spending 5-4 in Arsenal defense. Fucking it's, it's absurd. They barely get better clean sheet clips on some of the teams that have 4-5 or five defenders. Yeah. Um, City defense, though, I think is a lot. You know, that's a good nut to crack because... You know, five four like with stones, and I know fucking company's gonna be back, but who knows what's up with him? And you know. is he gonna be back though? Honestly, yeah, no, I mean, no, no, I don't know, but theoretically, he's supposed to be back soon. But you know, in the five five region for a team like City, when they have like eighty percent possession, like they're gonna be keeping cleans, and the fixtures are pretty pretty good for them. They have you know a couple tough ones in the near term, but by and large, I think that you are pretty safe to think that they're going to be winning most games, like three 0 if not more. So you're not worried about so. the recent non clean sheet run that they're on. No, I'm absolutely not even remotely close to concerned about it. I think that they're going to come. I think that they're going to have them, and I think it's just the possession. Dude, if you're fucking have seventy percent possession, no, I know. Yeah, it takes you're like keep clean sheets. it's like you're just going to fall into double digit clean yeah. sheets. No, yeah, you're, no, you're, I, you're I agree keep with that sheets. mostly. I think Kyle Walker is kind of. I mean, it's so hard it's to get big. someone who's six six, but he is just very under the radar, which is weird for someone like Kyle Walker. But under the radar, just ticking over, like he's yeah. 
He's just no, no, getting 100%. side pass assists. They're scoring three plus every single game. So he's just yeah. going to keep getting random fucking assists. And then obviously he's going to get be a part of all the clean sheets too. I feel like he's, you know, everyone talks about Cola and Alonzo and uh, other guys as the top, you know, highest priced defenders. And going into the season, Kyle was like highest owned defender in the game. But he's sneaky, a really good pick. I mean, he got that... Yeah early red card game week two, and I feel like everyone just immediately abandoned him. And since then, he has four assists and five clean sheets. You know, it's like, yeah, he's just yeah, he's a good pick. He's just good. He's under the radar. I want to talk about uh, cheap strikers because I think everyone is trying to figure that out right now. Um, some of the premiums are, are falling off a bit. Yeah, Gar- to- Gary calmly on Facebook said, Jesus, do we get rid as we're never sure who starts? And can you pick a differential? I'm thinking Vardy. I've Kane, Abraham. I've been Lukaku. He he wants he wants Jesus out, and he want he's looking for options, as are a lot of people. Yeah, it sounds like me because Jesus is fucking trying my patience. Yeah. So what do you see in the in the striker options? So How, like what the are we talking under, about with budget? It is just like fucking like under nine, like anyone who's not just like Murata and above. Right, right. Not not premium. I mean, I was very enthused by Leicester. You know, you have to pump the brakes, I guess, a little bit because it was Everton and John Joe Kenny, Techers, but, like, they looked really good. I thought Leicester looked like, you know, I'm not trying to say they're going to win the title, but they looked like the title-winning season. Like, FPL Belfast on Twitter said, I want to know if Vardy's a good option now that Leicester seemed to be back playing on the counter. And I think... That's a yes. I mean, I, like Vardy playing up top, purely countering with Mares right behind him and Gray and Chilwell or Gray and Albright and whatever they settle on is very good. And I was super enthused. And I think Vardy's like back to being kind of like a good pick if that's how they're playing going forward. And with, with mixed fixtures going forward. Um, other than him, though, I mean, I think it drops off a lot. I think arguments could be made that Rashford's a good pick when they go on their good run, but I don't even know if he's nailed, and it's so annoying to have a striker subbed off at 70 every game, but you just keep going down and down the price list from there. I mean, like, maybe most rogue shout of all of them is, like, Andre Gray after Dini's violent conduct shout, but there's not many guys that I like. What about you? I think I'm kind of back in on Tammy Abraham. Um, He's so cheap, and... He just he's keeps disgustingly cheap. Yeah, he just keeps doing it. It's like nothing flashy. The team is fucking bad, and they don't offer a lot going forward. But you could do worse. I mean, we, I mean you just kind of set it all and exhausted the fumes, and just that you couldn't be arsed to figure out some players. And yeah, I mean, he's two yeah, million it, cheaper than Vardy. It's Absolutely, yeah, so, three million, <laughs> three million. Yeah, no, no, he's, he's fucking five eight, and it's. I mean, he's again, he's he's nothing special, and the team does not create a lot, but he's just been doing it. It's very frustrating because I don't like watching him. I think he's fucking bad, and I think the team is bad. But it's a kind of thing. It's like gross. Like gross has zero shots in his last four games, and he has like two big chances created in his last four games. But he has fucking four assists in his last four games. Yeah. And how far? How long can I ignore the most casual, obvious pick? These are the kind of things that do us in. It's like 
Ramsey and Yaya from years ago and Bale from years ago. Right, just you know, returning it's, it's, every week type of guys. Yeah. Yeah, but that's like, you know, but we're watching, we're, but we're watching. It's like gross. Like every single game I watch of Brighton is just like, they don't attack. They look horrible. And he just like floats in some bullshit cross as he's running down to the byline from, to prevent the ball from going out for a goal kick. And then somehow like Glenn Murray doesn't jump (laughs) and it's a goal. Literally feet do not leave the ground. But like, that's, that's what he's been doing all season. So how long can I watch that until I just react and say, okay, I'm going to buy that player. So this is kind of the same kind of thing. No, it is. It is. But to your point, I feel like there are enough cheap midfielders that I like or I'm interested in that are in the same price bracket as Tammy Abraham that I'd rather Mm -hmm. have the midfielders. Okay. Yeah. Like Chupamotang. Chupamotang. Even Shaq. Grob. I mean, Wolf is, you know, a million more expensive, but I think he's a million times better. Also, you know, there, yeah, well, there are well, guys. Yeah. You know, no, they're yeah, they're they're last. That's but. that's my biggest like hesitation on Tammy. I do. I actually like. Him. I I disagree with you there. Like when I watch him, I'm like he's fucking good. But I just think he's so shackled by not just the Swansea players around him, but just the Swansea tactics of just the most defensive negative thing on earth. Mm-hmm. But Tammy, Tammy's a good guy. I mean, if it, it took a fucking insane, as you would say, diabolical mistake from our, two Arsenal defenders for Swansea to get through and score and Tammy to get his return, but he's still got a return. But holy he's shit, dude. Getting, if, yeah. I was watching that game. You know, I'm a fucking bitter Liverpool fan. I was watching the highlights of that match and. Koscielny just falls flat directly on his face, and then Bellerin is just like scratching his asshole as the through ball sent in. Like if that was like Moreno and Lovren, like the meme level would just be out of control. But it's like uh, doesn't matter. Arsenal still won, so no one's going to talk about it. Fuck me. <sighs> bitter, bitter boy. Fuck you. But Tammy's good. Yeah, I mean he's we we said it. Really early doors when it turned out that he was nailed. Like, game week two, even like one or two, like that early in the season. But forwards are never nailed. Forwards are never this cheap in FPL. It's super rare, and it's not surprising that he's returning value for it. Let's go to uh, captains. That's it. Yeah, I don't want to fucking talk about anything else. <laughs> Um, I want to talk a, bit, a little bit more, just shout out Lester a little bit harder because as I was saying with the Vardy chat and my enthusiasm, let's not forget Puel led Southampton to like fourth in the league in clean sheets. Like Southampton were outstanding defensive picks last year, especially at the tail end when it was Stevens and Yoshida. I feel like Lester with their good run – Someone like if someone like Chilwell nails himself out of position attacking winger, he could be insanely good. But even just the defenders themselves, Simpson is still four five, Morgan is still four five, like those guys are just maybe good picks. There's yeah, so there's I mean, a lot good, of cheap defenders good, right now. It's a good thing to monitor, I think, to see what uh PUL's team sheets are, but I don't know. 
Wow, you're just you're in the darkness, dude. I've never heard you like this, honestly. Well, I was just looking again, like at my rank and my team, and I'm just like, oh, like, what, I could tell you, yeah, I'm losing you, drifting away. How about this? Aaron on Slack asked question for Walsh. Crystal Ballots have been awful so far, but after Spurs, the fixtures look great. <laughs> it's a great, great start. Great Thanks. start, but the fixtures yeah, look great. Love it. Zaha's back now, only 6'8". Is he worth looking at for third and fourth midfield? And I want to tack on to that. Which, who, which defender would you target if you were thinking about bringing in a Palace defender? Because their run is so fucking good. Uh, yeah, I mean, Zaha's like fine, but he's still, he's not that cheap. And when he's in the same price bracket of, you know, the seven and eight millions, like I'd rather have fucking Ramsey on a team that's going to maybe score three or four goals a game. Someone like Palace is going to struggle to score two. Um, defensively, um, I mean, Schlupp's a good shout. You know, he's 4-7, I think, right now. And Van Aanholt hopefully is going to be dead for life because he's been awful. He's, yeah, um, what happened to him, dude? I don't know with Van Aanholt. It's a very tough one to, to judge. It just looked so bad this year. It's very frustrating. But Schlupp looks fine. Um Sacco is a little too expensive. Um, I still think Timothy Fosu Mensa should nail himself in the coming weeks, and he would probably be the best pick of the bunch. Where did he go? Went like he just completely stopped starting for three nah, games. It's, stretch. It, it's like like fucking. He got like a little knock, and then Joel Ward played a game, and then the fucking managers switch. It's just been a nightmare over there at the right back situation, but. He should come back into the four. Um, I mean, he came in this week and he came subbed on, so hopefully he comes in soon. And then Dan, I mean, Dan's just like kind of fucked up and bad, so he's really frustrating. Um, yeah, I have I him know. in my wild card side. I, I was mad. I was yelling at Scott on Slack for like, why weren't you yelling at me to get a Liverpool defender? Like, what the fuck am I doing? Liverpool supporter and I don't have Gomez or Moreno, like. They're such good four or five picks right now with the run. Moreno. Moreno's outstanding. I mean, we were talking about Moreno for a while. We t- yeah, last two pods, we mentioned him in both pods. And you and just here like. You have Dan. You have we're Scott at, Dan. at West Ham, we're probably, Liverpool will probably concede like three. And then home Southampton, probably be another clean. Like four or five rotating like that is just incredible. Yeah. I don't know what I was good. thinking, not, not getting them. Scott the Dan. The game that. The first game that you have uh, Robertson, you're going to be so happy. What? Yeah, absolutely. No, that Robertson plays over Moreno, and you'd be oh, like, oh, that's I would have had Moreno. Amazing. And, like, blah, and blah, blah, that's blah. that same week, Scott Dan scores me a goal, gets a clean. Yeah, absolutely. 25-pointer. Yeah, I think I still think Dan's good. His, his attacking stats are still like Scott Dan levels. And after Spurs... You can start him in any of those games, and there's a shout for a clean, and he's always a shout for a goal. I think I think he's going to give me some points. We'll see. I don't. I don't he's not good though. You think he's, he's good? Not, he's, he's not good. He's not but, good. But he might be an okay FPL pick rotation for the next uh, seven-ish game weeks after Spurs. Yeah. Okay. He's just a rotator for me. He's just been horrible. <laughs> Oh, man. The darkness is here. Okay, you want to go to captains? I want to end the pod now. Can we do you want to end your life now? No, that's correct. Come on, dude. <sighs> How do you feel? 
I feel horrible, dude. I'm I fucking. I hear it in your voice. Get... Like I need, yeah, I need to find a way like, to get uh... you going right now. Uh... Oh my god, dude! Just finish the pod and let me go to sleep. Let's look at captains for this week. Yeah. Who are you on? Sola. Oh. Okay. There's no quite. I mean, that's nailed on. There's no question about it. Unless is it mostly the fucking... fixture you think, or is it the lack of fixtures for your other players? No, it's. Uh, I mean, West Ham. I think are the worst team in the league. I, I, mean, I think they're the, they're the worst defensive team in the league. Maybe worst team full stop. But Billich still having a job is just. I don't know what strings he's pulling, but it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. So, I mean, Salah feels fantastic right now. And unless if he, like, dies midweek, he's absolutely going to be a captain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what are you I think he's at? a great pick. Everyone has him. He's good. Um, I'm on Kuhn right now. Yeah. I think... So if Kuhn, if Kuhn plays 90 midweek against Napoli, what are you sticking? I think it cha- changes nothing. Okay. Like, yeah, he plays... They play Sunday. It's Arsenal. It's It's a big fixture. I don't know. He like I said, like I looked back at his other Champions League fixtures. He played ninety Champions League and then ninety league and was still scoring for fun. I think Jesus really and he, he put in the worst performance of his life as a city player. He was awful in every respect. Um and Pep I think was doing a little false nine, like asking him to maybe do some other stuff, but if he can't do other stuff well, then Kuhn's just even that more further ahead of him. And I feel like, as you were talking about Arsenal before, I feel like they're prone to conceding a lot of goals. And I think Kuhn is probably the second best player in all of FBL to Kane. So why am I not captaining him at home in a pretty decent fixture? Seems good to me. That's it. Yeah, that's boxed. Vice is on Salah, but yeah, I think I'll keep it on Kuhn. Um... All right, dude, let's look at your team. What are you doing? How many transfers do you have um, and how many are you going to spend? Well, I saved last week, so I have two frees. Um, okay. I'm looking at doing Jesus and Chalaba to Tammy and Sane. Jesus and Chalaba to Tammy and Sane. That seems yeah. fucking good, yeah. But then, but then, well, I guess we all, everyone has to wait for Champions League fixtures and Kane news. What if Kane's out for extended? Like, say they probably, come out and he's out for three weeks. Um, I don't know. They'd probably still do something similar. I don't know. Get like Lukaku in also. I don't know. Is Jesus definitely out for you? Why would I not get rid of him? Like, why would I keep him instead of getting Sané? That's the thing is, like, I keep trying to figure out, like, a line of ration. I mean, the argument for it would just be that Jesus is still a good pick, and it's a little bit sideways, and you have other bad guys in your team. I bet, like, I don't. And he's also two million more than Sané. He's just better. No, like, Like, in a vacuum on wildcard... No argument to be made for Jesus over Sané. There's no way. But I, I, I but. don't have problems in my team. Like he is my problem. I mean, yeah, it's Chalaba, it's goalie, and it's potentially Kane. But yeah, I guess Jesus is a problem. I mean, you're never captaining him again, obviously. So that's less of an issue. But 
I don't know. If Kane was out for some extended period of time, I'd be more tempted for you to do like Kane and Chalaba out and just keep his. Yeah, ears. but but the the news about Kane seems like he's like maybe going to play Real. Like at worst, he's going to play in the weekend. And even if not, like you know, it's fucking one more game. There's two more weeks. Like he's yeah, there's another fun. international break, right? Yeah. Like even if he was confirmed out for Palace, I'm not going to get rid of him. At this yeah, point, it makes no sense. I guess I'd want to get him back in, and he's fucking two weeks or whatever. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I, I take your point because it's the kind of thing that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. It's like with the city attackers, we're going to just fucking spin our wheels and trade out. Mike, I didn't score for a couple of weeks, and then I'd switch him out, and then he starts scoring again. It's like that's going to happen with Jesus, obviously. He scored two points for me in three game weeks, which is ridiculous. So he's going to start scoring points, you know, in the near term. But at the same time, you know, I'm paying 10 plus for him. And I have someone like a four or five at my fourth midfield starting spot. So I'm getting Sane and someone like Tammy. You know, I'm getting, I'm trading one player and a fucking piece of shit for two like medium players. So, yeah, I, I just, I could, it's just like tough. Like, start, like, let's say Kane misses the next one or two. You're just, you're starting Marata, Tammy up top. Feels weak yeah, to me. Like, I'd rather you get someone like Vardy terrible. or something. But, yeah. Maybe I'm much more enthusiastic about Vardy than you are. Yeah, but I think it's also the same thing. Like, I still want to have three city attackers because I think they're just that explosive and that they're going to score four, five, six goals like all the time. So I can't afford I can't afford Sane if I go to Vardy. So yeah, I want th- I want you to have three city attackers, but you don't need three city attackers. Like, you could still no, afford like Chalaba to Richarlison or Grob or. You know, there's yeah, still a but, bunch of good mids you could afford that swap yeah, to. But, but I want this city. It's fun. What are you up to? Damn, dude, you sound so sad. It's like making me sad. It's making I'm all the listeners sad. at home sad. I don't, I don't even want to keep potting, but we're potting. <laughs> Look, we're still potting. It's, it's not over. It's, I can't wait for it to end. This nightmare is not over. You yeah. can't wait to just have another drink so, and eat yeah, dinner. It's still happening. Disaster. It's still happening. Um, I mean, my only bad pick, I think, is Lacazette. And I don't know. I'm not going to switch him to Morata with Home United. I don't know. I'm, pro- I'm probably just going to stay. I'll probably just save. I mean, it's it's classic post-wildcard to just save your transfer. I, I don't see anything that really requires any surgery for me unless there's something that happens over Champions League games. So... Yeah, I'm probably just saving. I think it's yeah. fine. I think I'm pretty happy with my team. It's a great team. All right, the end is last of the week. Thank you so much. You guys are all fucking legends. Thank you for supporting the pod. Patreon.com slash FMLVL. We got Jack Fitzpatrick. I wonder where oh, he's from. Oh, that's Lad Patrick number two. What? Lad Patrick number two. Oh, you're not the only Lad Patrick in here anymore. Jack. We got Magnus Hogg. Haug. We got Matt Tucker. Peg. I feel like Matt Tucker is like a NFL kicker type of name. And then we got Joe Garner just garnering up all of the Patreon money. Fucking genius. Thanks so much, guys. Love you all. And check F- ah! FMLPL.com. Follow on Twitter at FMLPL. Support us to Patreon.com slash FMLPL. And cheers.